This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support the Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity. The Quest presents an encore presentation of Shelter in Peace. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Shelter in Peace. We are broadcasting live from our studios here in Atlanta, Georgia, from AM 1160 The Quest, which is your Atlanta Catholic radio station. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm joined this morning by my co-host, Thomas Clements. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, and I have to share, I'm, I'm so excited about this show today, especially with having Father Ketter on and and all that we're going to talk about. That's awesome. And so that's who our other guest is this morning, is Father Dan Ketter, who is the Judicial Vicar for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Um, he also used to be the Parochial Vicar at St. Jude the Apostle in Sandy Springs for about four years. And welcome, Father. We're so glad to have you with us this morning. Good morning, Mari. Good morning, Thomas. Great to be with you. Wonderful. So for those listeners who may have been with us last week, you um, you probably heard from Father Ketter last week. We, we were talking about a topic that we are going to continue. It's such a huge topic going on out there that we decided that one show would not do it justice. And so, some of you, I think, are new listeners. You may not know as much about our, our program we've been on since about April. And we really try to Um, offer encouragement to our listeners as well as an opportunity to grow in faith and we typically have a guest on the second half of the hour but as i mentioned last week and again now it's such a huge topic that we asked father ketter if he would be on for the full hour both times and so it's typically a conversation some discussion um and he was the inspiration for this talk because in a email exchange, he mentioned that he really felt that it was it was very necessary for Catholic families to be wise and disciplined when they engage with popular culture. So if you want to hear that, that um, message that we broadcast last week, if you did not get to hear it live, you can actually go onto our website or go onto our app if you have our Quest Atlanta app on your phone, and you can pull up local shows, Shelter in Peace, and you can find the um the the conversation that we had last week Um, but this week we're going to get a bit more practical and help you to think about things like what kind of criteria should we use when we're consuming some of the major channels of popular culture so we'll talk about that but um so some expectations for our time this morning we'll do a brief recap of last week and um just get some wisdom from father dan and then thomas and i are also going to share some of our own um, thoughts and ideas and experiences as parents, um, I've got grown children, and Thomas has young children. Young ones. Yeah, actually, you have your youngest just turned one, right, Thomas? Yeah, just this weekend. That is awesome. That's awesome. So that's just setting up the stage, but we always start with prayer. So, Father, would you please open us up with prayer this morning? I would be happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with hearts full of gratitude for the many gifts that you pour out upon us each day. We thank you for the gift of life. Um, We thank you for the gift of supernatural life, which you poured into our souls through the sacraments, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist, all those channels of grace that we are privileged to receive 
through Holy Mother Church. We pray that your divine life might be abundant within us this morning, and that your Holy Spirit would uh, speak to us and speak through us uh, to all the people who are joining us on our uh, program this morning. We ask for the intercession of St. Jerome, uh, the great father of the Church and uh, lover of uh, sacred Scripture, lover of the Word of God, uh, that through his intercession, uh, the Word of God might uh, be proclaimed today during our time of conversation, and that uh, all who listen might come away edified and uh, better enabled to live that Word. We make this prayer as we make all our prayers, in the name of your Son, Jesus, who is risen and is Lord, and lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father Dan. Really appreciate that. So as I was saying um, at the top at the top of the hour, we are talking about... Um, how how important it is for us to be wise and disciplined when we engage with popular so culture. Yeah. yeah, so very important. And last week was pretty much a call to awareness. It was a call to awareness, recognizing that we are in a battle. We are in a battle for our minds, for our souls. Um, as Father, just as you just prayed, um, just asking the Holy Spirit to come and and help to fill us and to help inform our minds and renew our minds. So, would you um, spend just a few minutes? Uh, recapping for our listeners some of the main themes that we talked about last week? Yeah, well, the, again, the inspiration for um, the, this conversation and this topic uh, came from uh, the second reading from Holy Mass a few weeks ago, which was uh, taken from Romans chapter 12. Um, and the, the second verse of that 12th chapter of Romans reads, Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. That scripture inspired me to, to, to preach on uh, that second reading that Sunday, and the, the message that I delivered and then the, you know, the, 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 the emails that ensued between you and I, Mari, which, which occasioned this, um, this program, was that I see in my ministry as a priest, I see... Uh, so often, uh, you know, good, well-intentioned Catholics who unfortunately um, have their Catholic faith overwhelmed by the popular culture. Um, they uh, are, are steeped in uh, messages that come to us through the popular culture that are so antithetical to our Catholic faith. Um, and because we're bombarded with them 24-7, um, it's, it's very, very difficult for a person to, uh, to have their faith prevail over the, the messages that our popular culture gives us. And so uh, I felt in giving that homily and, and just in you know, my work of ministry generally that it's important, becoming more and more important, to make people aware, to open people's eyes to uh, what a danger uh, so much of the content of popular culture represents for people of faith, who, for people who are trying to, to live the gospel. 
Um, and so, um, so yeah, as you said last week, it was really uh, an effort to just, just raise the issue, uh, to call people's attention to it and to uh, try to inspire them to begin the process of becoming more discriminating consumers of the culture, Mm -hmm. uh, to have a a critical approach to their consumption of popular culture um, so that uh, at the end of the day, it's their Catholic faith, their Christian faith, uh, that is the guiding light of their lives and not the messages of uh, the culture that surround us. Well said. Perfect. Mm. Yeah, and it's such a huge call. It, it, um, and I think sometimes we don't recognize one of the analogies you gave us when we were talking on the phone in preparation for the show was just that frog in the water, right? Mm-hmm. And we talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. We've been talking about that analogy for so many years that the water just gets warmer and warmer. It feels pretty comfortable, and you don't realize you need to jump out until it's way too late, and it's boiling already. And what's I think what's um, one of the things that's so important to recognize is that. You know, we do have this enemy of our souls who is using every tool he can to <laughs> to get us comfortable in that water and to then to per- turn that flame up so high. And he's using all of these different tools, these different channels, as you mentioned, Father, um, to reach us, to reach our children. And so that's part of what we'll talk about today, too. But one of the things you mentioned last week that I thought was so important was one of the ways to begin this journey um, of making sure that we're in the place that we're not going to end up being that that frog in the in the boiling water or we're going to be able to jump out beforehand is deeper conversion and you talked mm-hmm. about making sure that we're giving our lives over more fully to the lord can you speak more to this this topic sure well i mean that's uh, that's the heart of the matter right that's the that's the heart of the, the spiritual life is that we're in a every believer every disciple of jesus christ uh is or, or needs to be should be in a, in a process of ongoing conversion. We never we never arrive. <laughs> so long as we have uh, breath in our lungs, okay, we're we're in continual growth. We're in continual formation. We're in continual conversion, um, and we're all at different different places along that along that road of conversion and. And, you know, don't think just because I'm a priest that, that uh, you know, I'm not in need of conversion. I know very well that, that I'm in, in need of deeper conversion. But, you know, if you want to get to kind of rock bottom of, of uh, what needs to happen, if we're going to be able to be critical, wise, discriminating consumers of the culture, it's, we need to be more deeply converted to Jesus Christ. Because mm-hmm. only if we are, um, only if we have his mind, you know, as that, Romans 12, 2 says, you know, if we are transformed by the renewal of our mind, transformed by who? Transformed by Christ. Transformed the mind by of his Christ. Word. Amen. Yeah, that we have his mind, that we, that we see with his eyes, that we hear with his ears, that we speak with his words. You know, uh, only then will we be um, smart, healthy consumers of the culture. And, and really the only way that happens is, is through through conversion, okay, mm-hmm. and I know that's a that's, that's kind of speaking generally. That okay, we could dig into okay, how how does that conversion come about? Um, you know, we could spend many hours talking about that. Oh sure, but, oh sure. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I think it just uh, bears mentioning that every disciple of Jesus Christ needs to be looking at how do I need to be more deeply converted? What do I need to be doing? So that I am in, I am indeed being more deeply converted to to Jesus Christ. So, to, in in my view, that's um, 
that gets at the, the, the heart of the matter. Mm, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I, I heard Father Pavanka mentioned when he talked about Romans 12, too, one of the pieces that he said was conform is something that we do. Like, don't be conformed to this world. Like, we're choosing to conform to this world. But be, and then he said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And transformed is something that is done to us from the outside, mm-hmm. like from the from grace, right? Because it is like you just said, it's from Christ. Christ is the one. But we've got to put our ourselves in the place where we can be transformed. So where are we putting ourselves? How are we putting ourselves in places that we can be transformed by Christ? How are we putting ourselves in his presence? And yeah, so I think mm-hmm. that... All of our listeners probably have beautiful stories of how they how they can do that and what they can do to do that, and we'll we'll build on um, some thoughts around that today too. But Thomas, yeah. um, you you were listening to the the broadcast mm-hmm. last week because you and Anne are kind of back and forth being That's my right. co-host, right? And I know this topic is really important for you, not only because of the ministry that you lead, Zenith Zenith Ministries, mm-hmm. where you really do try to help young people be transformed and and come out of being conformed yes. to this world, but because you are a father to four young children, so it's near to your heart. Very dear and near to my heart. Yeah, so what's on your heart about this topic as you listened last week and as you hear Father Ketter this week as well? And I I love, thank you, and I loved everything you guys had to say. Uh, So good. Uh, And I do have some pretty strong thoughts on this topic. And actually, my podcast next Wednesday for Zenith Ministries podcast is all about this. I'd, I'd like to mention just two thoughts, just kind of from mm-hmm. what you all have been talking about. Uh, is it, It's true that we do need to recognize the, the power pop culture has in forming kids. Mm-hmm. We need to wake up to the fact that there is a lot of garbage in kid shows today that is detrimental. And I'm talking like PBS Kids and like Nickelodeon and Disney, like all, there's so much garbage on mm-hmm. that. And so some of it's okay. Like if, if you help your kids kind of discern, like teach them to use critical thinking, teach your kids how to analyze shows and movies mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with the lens of, of faith like you guys were talking about. But then on, on the other side, like we're not alone in mm-hmm. doing that. We don't need to fear. If we have the Holy Spirit and we partner with the Holy Spirit, uh, it, it, we'll be able to to know what to say. We'll be able to know how to shape our kids and, and teach them how to do that. I'm I'm just blown away, absolutely blown away by how many times God has arranged certain conversations with my kids or even guided my words. If you invite the Holy Spirit into your family's life, you can toss fear to the wind and trust that He will help you navigate through all of this. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because as a parent listening to this and hearing some of these statistics that we mm-hmm. talked about last week that we'll talk about this week, you can start to parent out of fear. Yeah, and just, that's true. You know, shut it all down, unplug it all, whatever you need to do, go live in a cave somewhere. You can want to do that. But we are called to be salt and light in this world. And unless we are in this world, we can't be salt and light. And so, as you just said, Thomas, teaching our children to be critical thinkers and analyzing. So... Um, Later on in the conversation, we're going to talk about that. We're going to take take apart, you know, TV, movies, music, video games. Mm-hmm. We're going to take each one of these apart and say, how can we help um, be more critical and make sure that we are being very wise and mindful? Um, one of the things last week that I mentioned, too, was recognizing just each of us individually as parents, as, as disciples of Christ, what is our worldview? And as 
Catholics, our worldview should be a biblical worldview. Oh, amen. Which, you know, I think it's no coincidence at all. It's very much one of those God incidences <laughs> that today is the Feast of St. Jerome. Oh, you yeah. Know, who yeah. gave us the Latin Vulgate. He gave us the Bible in our own language so that we could really um, drink it in, soak it in deeply and richly. But we're supposed to have a biblical worldview. And mm-hmm. it's ironic that I just yesterday saw um, something that said, or it was this morning, actually, I think it was, that said that like there are less than 10% of people who now have a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. which I, that I, I really have a hard time with that statistic. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that, but recognizing and father Dan, you said this last week, you know, we used to be in line with pop- popular culture. It used to kind of support our Catholic, our Christian ideals and values. And it is antithetical now antithetical to the point that less than 10% of people have a biblical worldview. I mean, I think one of the studies even showed like 1% of people mm. of the, um, the kids these days have a biblical worldview. And I think it's because they're just so um, ignorant. They're so ignorant. Uh, well, they're being raised by television. You yeah. know, it, it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that it's so, e- mm-hmm. I mean, I've got four kids. It's so easy just mm-hmm. to put them in front of the TV and like do what I need to do. It's, it's, yeah. And, we, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and like sit here and say like, I've never done that. Like, right. let them, let's just let them watch TV for a little bit. Yeah. Or a couple hours, you know, like weekends, we let our kids enjoy the television but we, we give them that that insight that we try to give them we try to you know guide them through it but like I, th- I think to be a parent today it's like almost hard like it's almost necessary you have to have, like have something in place to help them or, or there's probably holier parents than i who are doing a much better job in that but it's it's really easy to give into that temptation and so we need to we need to be strong and we do limit like we have to let our kids be bored mm-hmm. that's one thing like sometimes i'll send my kid like we'll have quiet time like no you can't even listen to stories on alexa you need to sit in your room and mm-hmm. just think and do stuff that you want to do that's not being entertained by outside stuff because it's it's important boredom is important yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's good that's good i was uh listening to a podcast some time ago about a um a new school that um, uh, developed secondary school, so high school for boys, a boarding school, and it's really kind of a classical curriculum and obviously um, uh, rooted in the, the Catholic uh, intellectual tradition but also faith tradition, and, and they have required time where the boys have to go out and just sit outside. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no phone, no, no, no technology, phone. no anything, just a, a notebook and a pen. And, um, and he was describing, you know, the, the challenge that it is at first for the boys, you know, it's a real struggle, but over time they really learn how to appreciate the silence, the beauty of the outdoors and, and God's creation. I wish I could get that sometimes. <laughs> Maybe I should go yeah. to the yeah. school. <laughs> well, and you know, and you think about it, in scripture too, right? How did God show up? He showed up with a still small voice. Mm-hmm. And if you're not quiet, you're not going to hear him. You know, you're, both of you talked about the Holy Spirit and just the importance of allowing the Holy Spirit to come and wash over us. If we're not quiet, we're never going to have time for that um, or the, allow the, mm-hmm. the presence there. Um, yeah. I think it bears mentioning, just uh, again, from something we talked about last week, just the, 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 the subtle but very real pressure that uh, we experience, both adults and uh, kids alike, to... To, to fit in, you know, mm-hmm. to be in the know, to um, mm-hmm. not be out of the loop as it relates to, you know, what's going on in the world, what's going on in popular culture. 
um, and that that pushes us towards you know so much of the content of, of popular culture. Um, and so we need to move that from being a subconscious motivation to to mm-hmm. being consciously aware of it and say, um, why does that why is that important to me? Why um, you know why am I feeling um, impelled by that? And is mm-hmm. that something that's um, impinging upon my freedom? Mm-hmm. You know, is it making is it enslaving me? This need to be you know to to fit in, to be liked, mm-hmm. to not be seen as odd. And and then to be able to make a wise, healthy decision, and say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Uh, the only one whose eyes I need to be pleasing in is the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so begin to to free ourselves from this pressure to be seen as normal or or cool or in or whatever, you know, whatever adjective you want to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. And I think you mentioned it, or we mentioned it last time we talked too, is that. Our children deal with this, and we as adults deal with it as well. That that FOMO, yeah. that fear of missing yeah. out or fear of not belonging, um, it's real because we were made for connection. We were mm-hmm. made for community, and yet there's so much um, around us where they're pulling us into the wrong mm-hmm. community or the wrong connection, and that can be so so challenging. You know, and that that leads to one of the other topics that you mentioned last week, Father Dan, when you talked about in your homily, you challenged your parishioners to be wise consumers of the culture um, and to establish some wise disciplines for that consumption of the culture. Um, was there more to that? Were there any specific st- instructions you gave them or did you hear back from them about their struggles <laughs> or their ideas around that? Well, one of the things I, I mentioned was, you know, we have to get used to asking the question as we engage with popular culture is, what is this going to do to my soul? Mm. You know, what is the what is the effect of this Song, this video game, this website, this movie—what is what is the the effect going to be on my soul? Is it going to build me up? Is it going to help me grow in virtue? Is it going to help me develop as a man or woman that Christ wants me to be? Is calling me to be? That just needs to be um, a regular question that's arising in our minds as we're we're engaging with with the culture. Uh, another another tool to use uh, or question we can ask ourselves is. Uh, if Jesus were here right with me, you know, by my side, uh, which he is, you know, would, would I feel comfortable watching this, listening to this, playing this, uh, or not, or the Blessed Virgin Mary, you mm. know, what would, would she blush uh-huh. <laughs> with an intense redness, you know, uh, to see me, you know, watching this YouTube video, um, I heard this anecdote. I don't know if it's apocryphal or uh, historical, but uh, the, the the message of it is good nonetheless. And uh, it was related that um, in an interview that Pope Benedict was giving when he was the, the sitting pontiff, uh, it was a question was put to him about uh, a movie or some kind of program. I don't know if it was a movie or a program, and. Um, he was asked if it would be okay for Catholics to watch it. And his question was, would it be okay for a child to watch it? Mm. Would it be okay for a child to watch it? Um, and it, it hearkens to, you know, Jesus call to be childlike, not childish, but childlike, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, um, and so, you know, that can be another way to, 
to kind of um, engage with popular culture is saying, as an parent, it would be maybe easier to say, would I, would I want my child to watch this? You know, if you're thinking about you know stuff that you're consuming as a as a parent or as an adult, um, is it something that I would want my child to watch or or any any adult? You know, maybe to say, would would I feel comfortable sharing this with a with a child? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. Really good point. Yeah, so as we think about that, you know, part of it is just even being aware that we're making a choice, being aware that we're making a choice as to what we're taking in, what we're seeing, because what's interesting with, and we'll get into this a little more later, but what's interesting with social media is all the things it used to be more challenging to get to. It used to be a lot more challenging to find those things that would make that would make the Blessed Mother blush, right? It would be it was more challenging for us to, you know, in the supermarket, they made sure they had, um, uh, what was it like? Over the the mag- sleeves and covers, yes, covers over yeah. the magazines. That's so, gone, by right? the way. That they don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we used to protect our we we ourselves, our children were protected, but we're not anymore. And and in mm-hmm. fact, we're bombarded. And the goal now for all of these devices that are at us is to steal our attention. And they use there's actually a lab. The people, a lot of the people who create all of the different social media that that comes at us through usually through our phones because that's kind of our our most common thing that we're getting most of our videos, news, everything we're getting these days um, is they a lot of them went to the school called the Persuasive Technology Lab. Um, at Stanford, and it was it, it literally what the guy said. He said these were covert ways to orchestrate people's lives. They learned covert ways to orchestrate people's lives. Mm. So essentially, there are all of these really, really brilliant, smart people out there who are trying to figure out how they can orchestrate our lives. And do we even know that's going on? Do we even realize that there's somebody out there pulling the strings? And and for us as as Christians, as Catholics, we know who's ultimately trying to get them to pull those strings. And that's where, you know, Father Dan, to your point, having the Holy Spirit with us, always constantly thinking about, you know, being in the presence of Jesus, recognizing that... Um, we need to be really mindful about that. So we've got about two minutes before we head to break. Listeners, you are listening to Shelter in Peace, and we are we are having a very deep and rich conversation about being wise and disciplined in engaging with popular culture with our guest, Father Dan Ketter. Before we head to break, um, Father Ketter, is there anything else that we need to just, just kind of a, a, another thought that you have around this um, as far as converging, converge, you know, being having deeper conversion and things like that? Well, uh, I think just realizing that um, you know that that which we consume to our through our eyes and through our ears through all our senses um, doesn't just um, you know come in and, and pass through us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just wash over us and leave us the same as before. It changes us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it 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 changes our soul. It impacts our soul, and some of that stuff will will never leave. You know, we form mm-hmm. these these images in our brain, mm-hmm. um, uh, and we talk about our imagination, you know, mm-hmm. image is, you know, at the heart of imagination, and our, and our brain has this capacity to form these images and retain these images, and we carry those around with us, oh, you know, sure. we can't just do a, do a, do a, you know, a, a cleanse or a wipe of our, mm-hmm. you know, of our memory, mm-hmm. uh, like you can a computer. Um, no, we carry it with us. You know, and it, of our yeah. life. 
And, and so right after break, listeners, we're going to talk about that a bit more. I've actually got a story or two to tell. I think Thomas may as well. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. I'm Daisy Davidow from St. Bridget in Johns Creek, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta's Catholic radio station, AM 1160, The Quest. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. We make countless decisions every day. How often do you stop and ask yourself, what's the impact of this decision? Who does it affect? How is it going to affect them? There's a lot to consider when making a decision, especially an important one. And if you want that decision to flourish, there are two things to remember. First, consider the multiple dimensions to the decision you're about to make. Then approach the decision as a virtuous leader or a good steward who recognizes the gifts and resources you have been given and how they can benefit others. That last part was key. We have to take into account the human dignity of each person impacted by our decision. Will they benefit or be harmed in some way? Every decision we make has a ripple effect for eternity. Let's make those decisions flourish for good. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Listening to AM 1160 The Quest at home just got easier. Join The Quest with Alexa. Search for us on the Alexa app or say Alexa, enable the Quest skill. After enabling the skill, simply say, Alexa, open the Quest. Now joining the Quest. Welcome back to Shelter in Peace, everyone, here on AM 1160 The Quest. You are joining us in conversation with Father Dan Ketter. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm with my co-host Thomas Clements. So thank you for, for joining us. And we are continuing a very rich conversation about engaging with popular culture. And Father Dan, right before we went to break, you were talking about the importance of us recognizing that our minds, um, when we take in something through our senses and especially through what we see, that it's actually making an, an imprint on our minds. That and it's an image, like you said, and and it it, it um, touches our imagination. And we really want to have, obviously, more the thumbprint of God on our minds than the thumbprint of some of these other things. And I, I promised I had a quick story for this one. This was something that we did train our children very young, and we did tell them, what you see, you cannot unsee. To your point, Father, you said, you know, you can't wipe it away. Once it's in your mind, it's there forever. And so we had those conversations, and, and it came up in a, f a number of different ways, but one day was 
quite adorable. Um, my kids at the time were in third grade and first grade. My son was a third grader, and he'd been told that um, he'd been taught about this and taught about protecting his mind. And we'd also taught him from the time he was pretty young that you know he was to help protect his sister. We, we do have responsibility for each other as well. We were trying to help each other get to heaven, all of us. And so he came home just incensed. He was so upset as this little third grader, and he said, Mom, oh my goodness, we've got to protect Lily's mind. I said, what on earth happened today in school that you're worried about Lily's mind being protected? I mean, they were in a they were in a Christian school. And and he said, Mom, her teacher showed them the movie, The Greatest Christmas Pageant Ever. And and I said, well, John, that doesn't sound so bad. But Mom, in that movie, one of the kids, they smoke cigarettes and they, they say bad words like dummy and stupid and shut up. And, and Mom, I can't believe that teacher did that and, and exposed Lily's mind. I don't know if he used the word exposed, but essentially yeah. he was saying he's exposing, she was exposing Lily's mind to this. And it just touched my heart. But I think that's right. That's at the core of it, too, is that, Thomas, you said this as well, getting our kids to be critical thinkers, getting our kids to understand what they're consuming and not just what they're consuming, but the impact of what they're consuming and then helping to protect each other, helping to watch out for each other. And I know in a lot of the work that you do, Thomas, and and, and, and Father Dan, I'm sure in the work you do as well, just helping people have accountability partners. That's what we're supposed to be for each other, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Yeah, you know, and that speaks to one uh, one tool that we need to avail ourselves of in uh, becoming wise consumers of the culture, uh, and it speaks particularly to the, the 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 idea of the pressure that we experience, you know, to fit in and mm. be accepted and whatnot. It's around surround ourselves with like minded people, mm. you know, who are gonna share the same. Um, desire to uh, to feed our souls with and our families our children's souls with with healthy good edifying content um, that if we have friends um, who share those same same desires those same values then then we can say yeah I want to fit in with those friends <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we can sort of use it as a, as a positive pressure um, yeah. rather than feeling like you know we have this pressure to fit in with you know um, folks that that aren't necessarily walking, um, you know, as disciples of Christ, uh, that we want to be. Yeah. yeah. And as someone who definitely watched entirely too much television as a kid, uh, I actually remember like this, this was back when comedy central would play Saturday night live, you mm-hmm. know, reruns constantly. So I, I think about 40% of my brain is filled with old Saturday night live skits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, so that, that's to speak uh. to your point. Father, that yeah, it's these things stay with you, and uh, you know, I've I've gone to communion thousands of times since then, and and to confession thousands of times. It's not that it's a sin to watch those, but it's just it like those jokes and the, those images mm-hmm. and the, what happens. It just it stays in your brain, and it, it really yeah. does. It can shape you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, one thing that I was hoping that you could share with us, Father, is maybe give us some insight into your own upbringing and maybe, you know, offer some, you know, things that your parents or your parents did uh, to successfully raise a priest. Well, I mean, I think um, both my parents, now my my mom has gone to the Lord, um, but uh, my dad uh, is still with us. Um, But I think neither of them would say that, you know, um, 
you know, provided the ideal, you know, mm-hmm. Catholic, you know, upbringing, Christian upbringing. Um, and again, back then, I'm old enough to say this, uh, <laughs> back then, uh, the entertainment industry wasn't so far gone as it is now. And of course, we didn't have cell phones and, you know, cable television and five billion channels on, on the TV, um, internet, what have you. So, you know, there was just less to contend with. And, 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 you know, consistent with the point that we've made back then, parents could get away with not being quite so vigilant. Now, yeah, they, they yeah, still exactly. needed to be. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I was exposed to some stuff that, you know, uh, I wish I hadn't been. Um, but it was certainly easier back then than, than it is now. Um, so, you know, I think... Uh, I think what my parents gave me was just, you know, they gave me the faith, they gave me the mm-hmm. sacraments, yeah. they, they, they taught me how to pray, um, they, uh, uh, they helped me to, to form, you know, values and virtues that are, that are consistent with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I don't think either of them expects to be, you know, up for canonization, you know, <laughs> in the future, but, uh, um, you know, I think they, I think they just gave me the basics. But I have to say this: today, I don't think that's enough. Mm. Yeah, I don't think totally that's enough. Agree. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what worked then, I don't think works now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Back one of the things I'm thinking about that my parents did was um, they did kind of curate my friends a bit. To your point from a few minutes ago, Father Dan, there I do. I still remember there was somebody I really wanted to be friends with, and she actually happened to be the daughter of one of my mom's best friends and my mom wouldn't let me hang out with her and I was so outraged by that I thought oh my gosh that's so ugly of you I can't believe you're judging her I can't believe you let you won't let me hang out with her today she's one of my best friends but wow. back then she was into hanging out with people who did drugs and and one of her best friends eventually actually was murdered by a drug dealer oh. my mother was very wise and she took a hard stand even when i was yelling at her in my very immature ugly state and saying i can't believe that you're not letting me hang out with this person how unchristian of you to to judge her and not let me go and be with her but my mom was protecting me and she was mm-hmm. protecting um, my soul and my very life. And I think that as parents, we do have to sometimes recognize it's not going to be comfortable and our kids yeah. are going to come against us when we do some of these things. And it's going to be very challenging. And, and you know, God is so good because um, this young lady, actually, I think she's probably listening right now because she oh, has nice. not missed one of our shelter, shelter and peace broadcasts. And she's one of my very very best friends now and she walks with the Lord so beautifully and has raised her children with just beautiful fear and admonition of the Lord and just just a beautiful Christian family um, so God can do amazing wonderful things but yes yeah but we've got to be brave in the in the process mm-hmm. what, what a great example too about how you know sometimes playing the the bad guy in your parents life mm-hmm. it, it, it needs to be done we don't always have to entertain mm-hmm. our kids and make sure they're feeling happy and satisfied. We have to just guide them. Mm-hmm. And that's our, our role is to guide them and to give them the tools they need to, to when they have that freedom on their own, to, to be able to make the right choices. Right, definitely. Um, Father Dan, one of the scriptures that we talked about last week when we talked about, you know, how do we live in this world without actually being of this world? Um, mm-hmm. And we talked about trying to see the world through the lens of faith and what that looks like. And we talked about Philippians um, 4. Would you speak to that a bit more, Philippians 4, 8, and 9? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So it's a great uh, it's a great scripture for what we want to get into in this second half of the, um, the program. Um, you may be looking a little more uh, directly at some of the access points for the popular culture. Um, and Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, and actually, for our listeners, this is a little preview of this coming Sunday's Mass. This nice. will be our second reading this <laughs> Sunday, so we're prepping everybody for Here we uh, go. celebration of the Lord's Day this Sunday. You're going to be extra smart in Mass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, uh, Philippians 4, 8 and 9, um, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. If there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is um, a great um, criteria mm-hmm. for um, you know, what, what we consume, what we expose ourselves and our families to in the, in the popular culture. Uh, we can simply ask, is this honorable, what I'm consuming, this video, this television program, this um, video game? Um, is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it gracious? Is there excellence in it? Is it worthy of praise? Um, and if it, doesn't, if it doesn't get the affirmative on, on any of those, then it's it's not worthy of us. Mm. It's not worthy of our our consumption and our, and our time as as children of God, as disciples of the Lord Jesus. Um, so, I think um, this is an an excellent verse for us to uh, keep keep ready at hand, keep in our minds as we engage with the culture. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. that's a great great passage for that. And then I had a an old grad school professor who like put this passage up as the the definition for a Catholic, someone who looks into the culture and and, and sees and, and pulls out the true, the honorable, the just, pure, mm-hmm. lovely, gracious, it, all those things that are good in culture. And then while, you know, kind of like avoiding the bad or, you know, tolerating some, because some things are tolerated, like people would be tolerated. Um, and so that that's our our duty as Catholics is to to also be what is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, excellent, worthy of praise within the culture as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was um, just looking at the the readings um, for this coming Sunday's Mass. You know, uh, um, earlier earlier this morning, just spending a little time with them and. You know, notice that the the verses that immediately precede the ones that we just read, kind of are very relevant as well. Mm-hmm. Paul says, "Have have no anxiety at all. No anxiety. Everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, and this is the part that spoke to me, will guard your hearts and minds. Amen. Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And I think that's what that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in our engagement with with popular culture, we need to guard our hearts and minds mm. in Christ Jesus uh, by being wise, discriminating consumers of, of the culture. Yeah. And who doesn't want peace, right? I yeah. mean, that is mm-hmm. so much of what we're hearing from people. That's that's actually why we named this show Shelter and Peace, because we had so mm-hmm. many people who 
were so fearful and they were so upset and the whole sheltering in place created such anxiety. And we said, we know people want and need peace. And so, you know, Father Dan, that scripture, I love that scripture because, you know, guard your hearts and guard your minds. And then the peace and then the peace, right? Yeah. That yeah, surpasses right. all mm-hmm. understanding. So how are we getting that peace? We're getting our peace by guarding our hearts and minds and by then thinking on those things that mm-hmm. are true and honorable and just mm-hmm. and pure and lovely. It's right here. It's right yeah. here for us, yeah. right here in the Word of God. And yet we don't stop sometimes and just take a look and then use it and apply it to our lives and apply it to our hearts. Yeah. So mm-hmm. listeners, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take that verse and we're going to start to apply it and think about it. Especially as Father Dan just said, these all these access points, these ways that that are coming at us. So let's start by talking briefly about TV and movies. That's kind of a, a big popular one, right? Netflix. It's it's fascinating. I, I heard this. I heard this quote just yesterday um, that the CEO of Netflix at one point he said that the biggest competitors that Netflix has are Facebook, YouTube, and Sleep. So, (laughs) you know, and how many of us have done that where we've gotten caught in, oh my gosh, that Netflix show was so interesting or that, that program. And they put the automatic, like they they add that, they Mm -hmm. add that automatic play the next uh, Mm -hmm. episode before you even have a chance to realize it's time to turn it off. Right. They get you hooked in and they take away your sleep even. And Mm -hmm. and they recognize that even at Netflix. So we're all, um, being uh, manipulated in ways we don't even realize it, not even by the content, but even just by the process by which we're receiving these TV shows and these movies and all. Um, So what thoughts do you guys have about guarding our hearts and minds when it comes to TV and movies? I just, I briefly told my story of John and Lily and and his concern to guard his sister's mind. Well, I I know, go ahead, Father, please. Mine's real simple, Thomas, so then you can can elaborate. You you probably have something more profound to say than me, but uh, (laughs) mine's simple, but uh, probably more challenging, um, and that is unplug Mm. or throw it away, Mm. you know? Um, I mean, talk about a a radical, um, a thing that would be considered radical in in our day and age. Oh, we don't have a television, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? But we all we all assume that we have to have one, mm-hmm. you know. Well, not necessarily. And even if you do have one, you don't necessarily have to have cable, you know. Mm-hmm. You could have a television that, you know, you can hook up to a DVD player or computer so that you can show uh, movies, videos that you choose yes. for your family, mm-hmm. you know, so that you're determining what's coming into your into your home and into your children's lives. So... Um, you know, can people take that, um, again, I say radical, but it's only radical because the culture says it's radical, yeah. the culture mm-hmm. says it's crazy, but take that sensible, wise, <laughs> prudent mm-hmm. <laughs> decision of saying, yeah, we're not going to fill our home with TVs, and we're not going to have, you know, cable, a cable service, save some money to boot. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We only had one TV the whole time my kids were growing up. Same. Yeah. Um, and we never had cable, so we were never the family mm-hmm. that could have people come over to watch any, <laughs> <laughs> any any shows or any sports because we didn't get any of them. It was kind of, um, yeah, kind of interesting that way. So we were a little bit outcast, mm-hmm. outcast that way. But uh, yeah, 
So, so Thomas, you had a thought as well. I, I just uh, for those of us who you know still have the TV, Father have not <laughs> unplugged totally. Not unplugged totally. <laughs> I'm not shaming anyone. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's, you're encouraging. It's encouragement. <laughs> it's a good encouragement. Um, so I I just noticed you know with my own upbringing and just with my generation. Uh, you know, we talk about needing to guard our hearts against, mm-hmm. you know, what we're consuming. Uh, it, it seemed like my, my generation was kind of ambushed by these new shows coming out, like re- reality TV and even like these mm-hmm. scripted, you know, shows that kind of showed the perfect lifestyle mm-hmm. or kind of made it appear like things were, were always going to end up okay and everything was perfect. And I, I think that might have caused a lot of anxiety and, mm-hmm. and depression in our generation. And so... So it was a Holy Spirit moment for me was, you know, my, my daughter loves the kids baking championship show. And, and I had to you know, share with her, like, you know, those kids aren't coming up with every reaction they have or everything they, they say, you know, a lot of adults are behind this show scripting this and making sure it's entertaining to watch. And so, you know, don't, don't compare that to you, mm-hmm. like know that they're not, you know, not not all of life is this perfect. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was, a, like a week later, a couple of weeks later, uh, we were watching a football game, and uh, a fast food commercial pops up on the screen, and she starts telling me about how they don't use actual food in some of these commercials, <laughs> and they kind of like depict, you know, the food to make it look better than it really is. And it was just, it's just amazing how like she was able to kind of like learn from me. And I'm, I'm I'm biased, but my eight year old daughter is quite extraordinary. She's like <laughs> reading at like the 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 tenth grade level already. She's but she's well, tell 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 father father Dan what you said your daughter's reading right now. Oh, so she just she just finished the whole series of Narnia in like three. Like started with the magician's nephew and then ended with like the last battle or whatever. She read it in three months and now on her own doing came up with her. She's reading Story of the Soul. <laughs> I know she's she's amazing. And so for our listeners, the story of the soul. Yes, yeah, the story of the soul is the autobiography uh, that Saint Therese of Lisieux wrote uh, back in the eighteen hundreds. And okay, so but I do have to give props to you, Thomas, because how many of us as parents actually just have a copy of that hanging around our house for our eight year old to pick up, right? Yeah. So there's there's you you Thank had something you. to do with that too. You know, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is we do have choices, and there are Christians out there working really hard to try to influence media, influence TV and movies, and so there are some new options out there. There's Pure Flix, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of Netflix, there's Pure Flix out there. Um, there's also the beautiful, oh my gosh, beautiful series, The, the Chosen. If you guys have not ah. seen it, listeners, if you've not seen it, find it. Um it's out there. It's free. You can actually pay it forward to incur, you know, to support them and all. But a beautiful. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's basically um, Jesus story of Jesus. And yeah. Bible. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's so well done. All the characters and the cast and that are so well done. Um, okay, so how about music, guys? What about music? I'm not a huge. I don't listen to a ton oh, of music. So. Love music. Okay, love music. You guys, you guys talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I don't I don't let my kids listen to whatever they want. Like they. We have the Alexa, so you know they'll they'll say stuff like that. I think I play more music that is pop culture than that than they than they do. They truly prefer like the kids' songs, like mm-hmm. "Row Row Row Your Boat" and stuff like that, and the silly songs. But there was a the Trolls World Tour soundtrack came out, and there was some techno songs in there that I I said I kind of nixed and said, okay, you can listen to the 
the fun, like poppy songs, but no techno and no heavy metal mm. type of stuff. Yeah. Um, wait, tell, real, te- real quick. Um, first of all, wait, Father, do you have anything specific about music you want to mention? Because I also want Thomas to tell this one story, too. Um, to pay attention to the lyrics. Yes. You know, sometimes we listen to music and we're singing the words, and we know, but we're not even really thinking. Exactly. What is, what is the message here? What is, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think back to, like, I hear now songs that I was listening to when I was, uh, you know, a teenager, and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And, you know, what was I listening to that That's for, so you know? And, and yeah, so pay attention to the lyrics and, mm. and critically think about the lyrics. And I was like, is this, is this the message that I want to be taking in, that I want my kids to be taking in? Yeah, definitely. Thomas, can you briefly tell us that story about Frozen? I thought that was oh, fascinating. Sure, sure. So my, my daughters obviously um, loved the movie Frozen. And I think we also, to your point about music, we need to pay attention to the messages mm-hmm. that are being portrayed in every movie now. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not just innocent entertainment anymore. Every movie, there is an underlining message that is in there that you know we need to talk to our kids about if we're going to let them mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. Or, or else they're going to be formed by stuff we don't even know. Philosophies that were, you know, contrived, you know, centuries are, I guess, yeah, like in the Enlightenment are, are being kind of put forward in, in kids' shows, and it's it's detrimental. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, wh- you know, one thing that we had noticed in listening to the lyrics of the song Let It Go was they say, no right, no wrong, no rules for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. My, I don't want my daughter singing that and thinking that that's, that's mm-hmm. reality. So we, we sat her down, we talked to her about it, and she said, oh, both of them, like they got it. And then I wish I could remember the song that they, they came to me with, but they noticed on their own. They said, Daddy, this song, they say this, this, and this, but mm-hmm. I know that it's this, and so I, I pretend like they mean it this way. Mm-hmm. And it's it it blew me away. Yeah. Like, and that that's another, that's just another testimony to like what like living with the Holy Spirit as the center of your family, with grace, and and seeking mm-hmm. to to have your your mind transformed, mm-hmm. right, and and renewed mm-hmm. by the Holy like by Christ. I mean, that's yeah, that's what happens. Those are the fruits right there. Yeah. yeah. So we are actually at our last three minutes. This once again has gone way too quickly. I and, know. What uh, happened? Right. <laughs> um, you know, video games, obviously, that one's been talked about quite a bit. But, Father Dan, is there anything about two of the other things we talked about where news and social media? Is there anything that you want to really make sure that our listeners are aware of? Well, I'll just say this about news that um, I hear some frequency people that are just twisted up in knots because of their consumption mm-hmm. of the news yeah. and how it plays on their emotions and they get angry and they end up, you know, just getting in a bad mood and all that. So stop consuming it. Stop mm-hmm. consuming it. I mean, it's just, um, uh, I, I think there's very little helpful content out there in the news. You got to work <laughs> hard to find yeah. good news sources, you mm-hmm. know, and then stick with those and don't feel like you got to know everything, you know, mm-hmm. that's going on. Um, again, that whole fear of missing out, push back against the, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Amen. So mm-hmm. yeah, dial down and dial down the news. Um, Dial up the good news, you know. Yeah, your, there we go. Your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, and then, as far as social media, I'll really just reference the the, the phone. You know, that's so much of our access mm-hmm. to social media comes through the phone, and um, primarily for parents. You know, again, uh, hold off on giving your kids a cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know, a smartphone. 
as long as you can. Um, and really ask yourself, why, why am I doing this? Do I really need, does my child need to have a cell phone or I'm only giving it because I want, you know, him or her to be, you know, accepted by their peers and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And if you, if you give a phone and there's real no restrictions of any kind on it, I mean, you are giving them access to all the garbage that the world wants to foist mm. upon your child, mm. uh, and that is irresponsible yeah. <laughs> as as a parent. Um, so, um, really, really be smart about uh, about our, your use of, of cell phones. Thank you. So, Father Dan, thank you for encouraging us all to be wise mm-hmm. and to be discerning. Would you close us out with a blessing? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, uh, purify our hearts and minds. Uh, transform them into the, to the, to the heart of Christ and a mind of Christ, that we might be wise consumers of the popular culture, that we might Seek always to live according to your gospel word. I ask your blessing upon us, upon all who have been joining us for this hour. And I ask this blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Dan. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, listeners, for being with us. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, come back and be with us during our pledge drive here at Shelter in Peace. Please stay tuned at noon. The Angelus is coming up next. <laughs> 